Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back. We're so excited to talk to you today about um, something that we both adore and love. We are absolute travel hearts uh, and we can't tell you enough about how exciting it is to travel the world and uh, if you guys are travelers as well then you know exactly what we're talking about so we thought we'd touch base today with some of the great things that we do to stay healthy while we travel because we know we often get asked questions about you know what do you do how do you stay healthy what do you take you know what do you eat Um, because gosh I think we've all heard those horror stories about people and their travel experiences and you know taking a holiday and ending up sick in bed with things coming out both ends you know, four or five days in a row. And that is an absolute killjoy when it comes to, you know, taking a vacation, which is designed to make you feel happy, healthy, relaxed, alive, and uh, in effect, you know, being ill, unwell, or having a poor experience really does quite the opposite. You can't wait to get home to have a break. So you need a, you need a holiday from your holiday, which is pretty sad. Um, and we both are pretty, pretty well traveled. Um, How many countries are you up to? Oh man, I haven't counted. Oh, we're going to have to do a count um, on a map. Oh, I think it was the year before last, I did seven countries that year. Um, we've spoken on a whole bunch of podcasts. I'm about to go to India again in yeah. four weeks' time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's uh, can be a bit of a hairy country if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, it's absolutely amazing, but there's certainly some things that you need to do to prepare yourself for going there from, you know, like a pretty cushy uh, Australian Western uh, lifestyle here. Um, With good sanitation yeah. levels and great hygiene and great medical uh, assistance when required. So, yeah. absolutely. And look, I mean, I'm going to talk from experience. Um, 37 countries countries and counting oh um, nice you know some really off-beaten places i need to count mine now yeah. yeah a lot of solo you know travels to places you probably wouldn't recommend going but um and that's not to sort of i guess toot my own trumpet but simply mm-hmm. say when you plan when you create strategies when you have ways in which you can deal with the worst case scenarios then yeah more or less you're ending up with the best case scenarios and that's my experience because you know whether you say it's luck or or just simply chance but I haven't been hospitalized or had any serious illnesses in any of my travels Mm -hmm. you know in more than a decade and I just don't think that's chance I really do believe that has a lot to do with the strategies I take as to how I protect my health and well-being you know physically mentally emotionally while you travel not to say I wasn't travel sick at times and and homesick at times but you know you have coping strategies overcome that as well 
All right, so how can we travel uh, in a really healthy way so that we can actually enjoy our holiday or our vacation, um, connect with our loved ones, or if it's going to be a big adventure uh, type trip, how can we get the most out of that and not kill our bodies along the way? Um, I see so many patients um, ask me, oh, you know, I always get sick during my second week of holiday. Um, and it is so classic for our crazy, uber, hyper-scheduled lifestyles where we're jam-packing everything in. We're, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, literally finishing with the last patient going straight to the airport, which is what I've done so many times, um, and then getting on the plane, uh, still working, getting off the plane, still working, and then just expecting to be able to shut off straight away. Um, if and that's a really common problem, isn't yeah. it? You know, taking taking your stuff with you. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't relax until my bum hits the plane seat because at that point in time, I almost accept inevitability <laughs> in the sense that I can't do more right now. Flight mode on my phone goes on. Yeah. Um, anything I haven't done is undone. It has to be undone mm-hmm. um, for at least the next 12, 14 hours, depending on transit. I tend to go long hauls a lot. So, you know, I have the next 30 hours to think about <laughs> what, I, what I haven't done and to come you know at peace with that i mean some of the other really common concerns with travel is you know issues regarding jet lag so yeah. fatigue when you you travel landing coming going time zone changes and we're going to discuss some of those things um food i mean a big one yeah. how do you avoid all the crap and the rubbish and you know how do you avoid the the heavily processed disgusting foods and commonly that's plain food hate to say it but there's a reason that people say oh it tastes like plain food yeah um, because you know yeah. a lot of fast meals have to be produced and they have to be reheated and all those sorts of things so you know how do you travel in a smart way that gives you healthy snacks healthy meals where do you find that stuff you know how do you avoid the fast food trap when you travel that you're eating out every single meal of every single day and you get home just can't wait to get back to your own cupboard and kitchen because you're like oh you know i can eat like comfortably again i found that after our trip to italy that was one of those ones where i was like oh my god if i never see another bread roll pasta or anything again i'll be i'll be cool even though we were avoiding it i was just so overwhelmed with seeing it all the time at every table at every meal um it was exactly how i felt in the u.s i got so sick of eating yes um and the meals were so massive everything is covered in stuff that i'd never uh tasted before um although i did find gluten-free bagels over there which just made me so happy <laughs> i've never found them since uh probably wouldn't even eat them now but yeah they were they were great yeah. and the other thing with food is how do you especially if you're going to um you know countries say third world countries how do you avoid the foods that are going to make you sick pathogens microbes yeah. nasties absolutely and how do you avoid um you know getting the deli belly or the barley belly or uh those sorts of things and there's a really specific smart way to look at what you're eating and to prepare yourself for that to avoid it and things you can do along the way as well definitely and also i think you know another a common thing too when you travel how do you get enough time to do your fitness you know, if you've been a quite a structured person like I am, you know, you know which days of the week you train, you know, your training session types, then all of a sudden you go on holiday and that sort of routine of the training schedule, whilst it's lovely to get let it go, sometimes it's just so great to abandon schedules and abandon, you know, routines. But at the same time, within a few days, you start to realize like your body almost starts craving that need for activity and exercise. And look, not all places and all cities is it safe to go for a run around the block. Um, so we're going to have a chat about some of the strategies you can use 
is to create appropriate fitness schedules that don't kind of break the the value and relaxation of the holiday, but give you them adequate movement uh, to keep your body fit and healthy and also to improve your sleep patterns while you travel too, because it's enough to have jet lag. Then on top of that, a noisy hotel room with some, you know, clinking construction work across the street and all of a sudden you're sleep deprived on your travel and then things start to undo from there because your immune system starts to get depleted and that happy-go-lucky holiday you planned for turns into a jolly nightmare because you're sick, you're unwell and you're tired. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, Ash, let's go through some of the things that we do leading up to the holiday, leading up to getting on that plane um, that has uh, been really beneficial. So what sort of things do you do? I would love to say that I'm strict, but I'm not um, mm-hmm. in the sense that usually the holiday is there for a reason. It's my dangling golden carrot that I'm just like, can't wait for. So um, if anything, I'm I'm probably not your classic example of what maybe should be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the sort of manic last minute packing, can't oh. find my passport. Oh my God. I am you know, the queen screeching. of last minute. I'm yeah. sure I wasn't, but yeah, I am. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that I'm well prepared in, in the sense of, you know, what do I pack? But I certainly am well prepared when it comes to things like knowing that that's coming up, making sure that I'm getting a little bit extra sleep, you know, leading up Perfect. in the week or two beforehand, fully aware that very soon I'm coming probably going to be jet lagged and, and sleep deprived. So I'm very conscious about getting at least a good week's quality sleep, not shortcutting sleep at night. But I tend to find that if it's a big trip, you know, which some of the ones have been much longer or, you know, significantly challenging destinations, mm-hmm. you know, for the fact that they're in places that are, you know, possibly impoverished or less resources that I don't feel quite as safe and comfortable to be able to get what I need. Mm-hmm. I have to take it all with me. Um, I'm usually, you know, unfortunately the night before I'm probably, you know, still up 10, 11, 12, 1, 2 a.m. I don't know. My brain keeps ticking. I'm doing mental checklists. So at least having that, that backup of the week beforehand of having almost like putting sleep into a, a bank, mm-hmm. you know, I've banked a bit of sleep first and now I can draw a little bit of debt out of that because, um, yeah, I, I need to, I need to do those last minute roll checks and other times, you know, it's an easy, it's literally vacation, just a holiday. And I've always classified two things. I either have a holiday, which for me is relaxing, comfortable, easy, or it's travel. And it's the other where I require some planning and structure as well. How about mm-hmm. you? Um, I think that's a really good point that you make about catching up on a bit of sleep and you can probably because you take such good care of yourself can probably get away with that a little bit more um whereas uh, some of us probably can't do that as much Mm. i think leading up to it that organization is critical so understanding if you are the type of person that does get sick on your holiday classically as soon as you start to unwind as soon as your adrenals calm down and your immune system kicks in and goes oh my god we've got so much cleaning up to do then prepare for that in advance do what you need to do to support your adrenals so get your good night's sleep um, you know, get some good adrenal support supplementation. Yeah, um, lay off the caffeine, lay yeah. off the coffees. Absolutely. Um, look ahead to what your time zone might be as well and start to make some adjustments for that. So even if you're slightly altering your sleep patterns ever so slightly to accommodate for that um, and your eating times as well can be really, really beneficial. And uh I always find that if I am well informed about where I'm going, um, I'll do all the research that makes me feel a lot more comfortable. I'm usually pretty cruisy on holidays. I can go with the flow. Nothing sort of perturbs me too much. Um, but uh, you know, being prepared for that really helps. 
Um, I always, always get adjusted before I get on flight. Um, that is a non-negotiable thing for me because I know that uh, if I don't, landing when you get that pressure in your head and that really sharp pain that goes through your ears and into your jaw is horrendous. Um, and especially for people with kids, getting them adjusted before the flight is going to make it a hell of a lot easier for them as well. Yeah, and just in context, when we say, you know, getting adjusted, if you haven't tuned into us before, we're both, you know, from the, the professional background of being chiropractors yes. um, with a whole lot of extras on top of that. But I think, you know, we talk about an adjustment because we're talking about body harmony and body balance Mm -hmm. you know correct structural alignments that allow you to tolerate stress forces better uh, particularly when you're going to be sitting down for a prolonged period of time which is quite you know generally not natural for most people um, so that's, you know, that's what we talk about when we say getting adjusted. And that's absolutely my, my routine too. I take it for granted. It's just like you said, it's yeah. non-negotiable. So, um, that's certainly part of it as well. How about some um, supplementation? Do you take anything to help bolster your system, you know, leading yeah. up to it? Especially for India, I prepared, and this might sound a bit extreme, but, uh, I did this once before it did not fail me. Um, so I took different probiotics leading up to the travel about six months beforehand. And each month I would do a different strain of bugs. Um, and I chose really high quality practitioner only, uh, probiotics, which I knew had great research behind them as well. Um, I made sure that I had cleared my system of, you know, any parasites or anything like that before I, before I did that, uh, so that I wasn't just adding to (laughs) to the stress when I was over there. Um, and there's some things that I take with me that I think are key to my success of not, not getting sick while I'm away. Um, and even just easing into the food once you arrive can be really important, especially if it's in a a, a culture that this is not something you would eat on a regular basis. Even if it's something that has, you know, more chili or more spice in it than what you'd be used to, just ease yourself into it. Don't go, um, you know, straight into it on your first day, their first meal, um, huge, big, spicy thing that will turn your lips blue. Give yourself a couple of days for your gut to acclimate into that. Yeah, um, to adjust to a change yeah. of diet and lifestyle. Choose some, some milder options along the way and then your chances of, of getting sick are much less. And that really helped me when I was in India because they had such beautiful curries. The food there is incredible, but just going slowly um, was critical. Um, there's a couple of things that I take with me that I take with every meal. Um, just, you know, to that will kill any bugs that's on anything. Helpful, um, hopeful. Uh, and yeah. just remember too, we're talking about, you know, natural medicine here as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking about, you know, gold standard pharmaceuticals that may have, you know, true 99.9%, you know, kill rates. We are talking about sensible strategies to support the other strategies you use to, yeah. to get that as well. Um, and these are really high potency, um, again, practitioner only prescription supplementation. One is um, a really high grade probiotic that uses some um, colostrum um, and some other uh, high immune um, functioning things. It's called, it's by Metagenics. It's called Ultra Bioplex. Um, it doesn't need to be refrigerated and it's great. And another one uh, has got Chinese wormwood in it, which is great for killing anything and some olive leaf extract as well. Um, I take one of those with each meal and I have never had an issue. Um, there's some other protocols that you can use specifically for parasitic infections. Um, and I will continue this once I get home as well just to make sure that um, there's nothing going on. And generally, I forget to do this halfway through my trip anyway. So oh, I'm, don't I'm tell usually, them that. Tell them I'm usually <laughs> really vigilant the first couple of days. Yes. Um, and this includes like drinking water, brushing my teeth with 
you know, clean water, all of that sort of thing. And then as I get more comfortable in my surroundings, I tend to get a little bit lax on that, but I feel great. So I probably can do that. Whereas if you're a bit sensitive, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So look, we're not so computerism here. We're talking about, you know, sensible, smart strategies of travel. Let's chat what goes into our hand luggage carry on, because I really think this is a big thing. That a lot of people um, neglect. They don't think carefully enough about what they're actually taking on board until they're on board and wish they had certain things. Um, for me, carry on luggage is a place to kind of stash all your important essentials that if your travel bag was lost, you would still be okay um, in the sense that you've got yeah. some important stuff in there. So I certainly always pack, you know, airplane eyes and um, earplugs yeah. because I just think that way, regardless of where I am, if I have a long layover in an airport terminal um, and I'm, I'm comfortable and I want to catch two hours sleep because I've got a 10 hour <laughs> layover, then at least you can throw those in eyes on and, you know, have a rest and, and recover somewhere in the middle there. It's really going to help with your fatigue levels on long travel. Yeah, great. Um, so I've got long layovers. I try and check into a hotel at the airport just mm. to be able to have a shower Um you know, relax a little bit, be away from people because I find that a little bit overwhelming. Sometimes I like my own space. Um, and it also gives me a really good opportunity to stretch, um, do a little bit of yoga and, you know, meditate if need be in a really comfortable surroundings. I know that there's some, uh, some airports that you found that actually have little yoga centers in them. Um, but I find that the next haul of my flight is then a hell of a lot easier. And when I get home, um, or to my destination, my jet lag is a lot less than what it would be if I hadn't done that. So if you can make those arrangements to, you know, have a quick check into a hotel, even if it's for a couple of hours, I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> yeah. And look as well, if, um, for example, when you do travel and you've got um, quarantine, of course, is, a, is an issue when we travel, mm-hmm. obviously here in Australia. The thing is, most of the stuff you can take out of your country, you just can't deposit it at another country at another destination. So it's a great opportunity to carry some of the things that you would like, healthy foods and snacks, mm-hmm. you know, carefully packaged, um, stainless steel containers that you can store things in, nuts and seeds, you know, I've even hard boiled egg, you know, yeah, will last great. almost a day, you know, in, uh, in transit. Um, there's a whole lot of, you know, cool snacks you can take with you, protein bars that you might've made yourself or yeah. ones that are pre-packaged that have got limited nasties in them. Um, again, all snacks because, you know, classically airports don't have a whole lot of healthy food in them. Um, and I think you and I both have a bit of a line in the sand that we draw that we don't eat plain food pretty yes. much ever um it's you know there's all those rumors about oh someone found a rodent in their meal or uh you know the whole plane will get sick and that's usually for a reason because there can be substandard um hygiene practices that happen with um you know plain food as well um which is not something that you want to start your holiday on yeah um, and even from a digestive front you know Plain travel is generally dehydrating. And yeah. then you go and dump food in, your digestive system crams up, you struggle with digestion. I mean, how many people get constipated after train? But plain travel, because the stress load alone of the travel plus the dehydration elements of aeroplane travel mm-hmm. um, plus stodgy foods that are designed to block you up because they don't want you using the bathroom a whole lot in the aeroplane. I mean, that makes we've sense. discussed this yeah. in, in forums before. You know, travel forums will often talk about these strategies behind what foods are served and why um, because, you know, they're not wanting people to use the bathrooms too much. That's why food size servings are not too big either because mm-hmm. they're trying to limit the, the ability of the whole plane need to go to the toilet, you know, two, yeah, three times a flight. So, yeah, there's some real, real reasons why, you know, plain food is not ideal. Um, I take nuts and seeds with me, um, some fruit that I can eat on board that I won't take off, um, some raw chocolate, uh, and, you know, it's also okay to fast on a plane as well um, if, you know, you're doing a, um, a red-eye flight. That's a time that you wouldn't normally be eating 
eating anyway, it's okay to not eat during that period. Um, also take coconut oil with me, which I can use either on my skin or if I've got nothing else, I can eat it as well. <laughs> That's a good um, source of healthy fats that will help you feel, you know, yeah. feel good as well. And I what will... else goes in your travel bag? What, what else do you take on board? Um, I've got my noise cancelling headphones, really important. Yeah, uh, luxury, aren't they? They're yeah. amazing. Um, I take some Fez nasal spray um, just because it's so drying and it helps to, it's got some eucalyptus and some other sort of antimicrobial properties in it as well, which is really good. Um, like I said, the coconut oil, um, you can use it on your lips as, uh, you know, like lip balm on your skin, anything that you need. Um, I always have a really good book, but I try and travel as light as I can because I like to be able to move around. Um, so if I'm in the airport and I do have a little bit of a layover, walking the airport and getting my body moving after sitting down for, you know, 10, 12 hours is really important, but it's a hindrance if you're dragging things behind you or I've got a really heavy backpack. You could say it's weight training though. That's the other side of it. Yeah, great point. point. And uh, speaking of weight training, I will do like a heavy workout before I get on a plane. Um, nothing that will restrict me too much or give me like DOMS or delayed onset of muscle soreness, um, especially a good posterior chain workout, which will really help my postural stability on the flight because I'm not used to sitting down for such a long period of time. You know, we work on our feet every day. Um, I try and limit my sitting to as much as possible. Uh, so yeah, weight training before I get on the flight is really important, but, uh, I know Ash, you do some, some great things when you're in airports as well. Yeah, I've been a big fan of um, airport fitness. I think staying active uh, in your travels is a really great way of limiting um, things like jet lag Mm -hmm. or stiffness in the legs and the body and the joints. Um, Obviously, you know, definitely recommend compression garments and compression socks. Yeah. Um, Oh, look, if you lovely listeners, if anyone has found some really cool compression socks in funky patterns, I'd be willing to know who they are (laughs) and where you get them because, unfortunately, I find my black boring uh, compression stockings, you know, uninspiring, but I would much prefer a stripy pair of uh, pippy pippy long stockings style ones. (laughs) Now, do you wear those because you've had issues with swelling? No, never. It's a precautionary. Um, I wear them before I get on the plane and mm-hmm. I continue to wear them uh, at least good couple of hours after, you know, while I'm walking through the airport, they're mm-hmm. always on because I wear, you know, a longer pants. So, you know, and even still I have been seen walking through an airport with three quarter pants and long socks on. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really care. You know, my health yeah. comes first. Um, if I find someone in the airport that I'm supposed to speak to and they, they, they care much about what I'm wearing, um, if nothing else, people will be like, what are you wearing? You know, it's, it'd rather be, you know, something for health than it is to worry about what I look like at that point in time. But, you know, I tell you what, you know, some great stockings under a, a full length skirt, you, who would know? Yeah. And your health's going to improve because of that. So having that circulation uh, benefit is certainly a big thing. With regards to, I mean, airports, look, over the years, I have done some funky workouts in some funky places. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can remember rolling all over the floor, you know, in big airports like KL, middle of the night, you land, there's hardly anyone around, go find a quiet corner and pretty much doing a yoga session over yeah, in the corner. Great. And if nothing else, other people join in with you. Like they're like, oh, cool, I don't feel like such a dork now. So <laughs> can, I, can I come over and do it too? Yeah. So, you know, in that way, um, you know, regardless of what you think, whether it's weird or not, it's not about what's weird. It's about whether or not your health is going to be better off 
off because you do something that is beneficial um, while you travel. And I think who doesn't want to feel great when they travel? You, you hit the ground feeling fabulous so you can get out there, go exploring the cities rather than, you know, in your hotel room trying to sleep it off because you're just feeling terrible for the next two, three yeah. days yeah. and losing those days that you would be better off exploring and, and you know, discovering and seeing all the things that you, you plan to see. So, yeah, big fan of fitness in travel. Um, I do carry a, a ball in a sock. Uh, I don't know if I've spoken about this in episodes, but this my ball in my sock goes everywhere with me. I mean, there's ones at home. What I'm talking about there is um, I use like a lacrosse ball, so it's a, a firm, mm-hmm. deep, heavy, dense rubber ball, and put it in a long sock. And with that, it can be used as a myofascial release tool and a massage tool. And it goes with me everywhere because, you know, you're sitting on a plane, starts to get stiff, put the ball in behind your shoulders, gently roll against your shoulders. You know, you're watching a movie, but meanwhile, you're also kind of doing something else that's beneficial. So you, you know, take that on board with you. Definitely. That's yeah, in my carry on. Um, trigger point release work, you know, glutes, hamstrings while you're sitting. It's mm-hmm. so great. Um, rolling the arches of the feet feels amazing. You know, getting a little foot massage while you're sitting on a plane, it improves your circulation. You're almost sort of subconsciously just rolling your feet so comfortable. Um, and I keep it in the socks so it doesn't roll all over the plane. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm, you know, hassling the person in front of me to try and look under their seat. Oh, I lost my ball. I love that. I'm I want to do that. Yeah. 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 So the ball in the sock trick, it's everywhere. And, you know, in a hotel room, you can stand it up against a wall with your back to the wall, pop the, you know, ball behind mm-hmm. your shoulder and release those trigger points around the neck and shoulder and lower back. Um, can't recommend that enough. It's just such a gem of a, a tool for traveling and it's so easy and so light and doesn't take up any space in your luggage. It's a portable massage tool. Um, Ash, what's your take on alcohol on flights before? Because I have a very strict, I will never drink on a plane or the day before a flight um, because it just, you know, it's too toxic. It really dehydrates your system as well. Um, And I find that the outcomes are so much worse. And I know that people love getting on board, having their glass of wine as, as they relax, but I just, I can't do it. And that's great because, you know, you're talking about for you, it doesn't have any benefits and, you know, classically research says it's better off not having it. But I certainly know over time and years of travel, there are some times where getting on board and having, you know, a red wine, I'm out like a log. I don't sleep well on planes and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the alcohol so much, but combination of factors. So I'm not really probably as pure on that Mm -hmm. front. I certainly would never have more than one. That's yeah. just a, you know, even on a long haul flight, the second flight, I won't be drinking alcohol at all. Yeah. But sometimes for some people, and I'm one of those, if given that I don't drink often or much at all, mm-hmm. you know, a glass of red can just put me out quickly. Um, and I hate to use any sort of tool to, to alter my pattern, but I would rather catch four and a half hours sleep right there yeah. because I'm, I'm restful. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a counter. So look guys listening, you know, you've got to decide what's right for you as well. Um, we're not here to tell you what to do, but we certainly have strategies that we think are beneficial. Alcohol is classically a no go, mm-hmm. but if you find that one glass, you know, with dinner is not such a big effect on you, Look, no harm, but yeah. you know, these guys you see traveling and, and slamming back scotch and Coke four five, six in a row. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, shudder to think what they'll be like when they get to their destination. Yeah, poor body, stress, stress, stress. Not not cool. Yeah, the liver, everything has to go over time, and it's already stressed out by travel um, as it is. Sanitation while you travel, big one. Mm-hmm. How you keep uh, away from bugs. I mean, oh, the 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 toilets in in airports and and planes and stuff. It just sometimes creeps me out, grosses me out completely. I can't imagine how anyone's ever joined the Mile High Club in a toilet. <laughs> 
and why you'd want to. My goodness. I just like bacteria bomb in that place. I couldn't imagine getting anything off or on or anything. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, so well, we always carry hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, yeah. not talking antibacterial. I just use an alcohol based one. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be slapping it all over your body. It's not good for you, but, uh, the contrast is getting sick from bugs from surfaces is far worse than a little bit of alcohol um, sanitation while you travel. So yeah. I highly recommend taking a, an alcohol sanitizer. Yeah, and there's certainly some more natural brands that are just, you know, just do have that alcohol base rather than all the nasty chemicals. Um, that's that's a really good one. Um, there's also a product you can use um, called oregano oil. You can get it in capsule form that's a great antimicrobial as well. Um, you can take on the flight too. Um, again, it's just another... Um, another supplement that will help uh, keep you nice and healthy, especially in that time. Um, keeping your face, your nose, your mouth covered, all of that sort of thing, uh, especially if there's people nearby coughing and spluttering all over you. Uh, you're in a very confined space. Um, your immune system is going to suffer on a flight no matter what anyway because it's such a you know, a natural thing for our, for our bodies to do um, and with all the air conditioning. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, I found that as soon as I got off the plane into Delhi Airport, I couldn't breathe. Uh, couldn't breathe through my mouth, had to breathe through my nose because uh, the pollution, it was, yeah, it hit me like a brick wall. Uh, so having that scarf was really helpful. Scarf around your neck traveling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just realized that that's one of the biggest things I do, and I do it by default. Um, I think you would never see a travel photo of me just about anywhere in the world at any temperature without a scarf around my neck. It is so unbelievably versatile, and that brings me up to something that um, I'm sure if you're an Aussie and you've traveled abroad, you, this has happened to you at least once in your travels, if not more. And um, I mean, have you ever been on a plane and sat there and you hear that little announcement go over and they say, we're about to come through the cabin and we'll be spraying, you know, la la la. And then all of a sudden, you know, from the back of the plane, a woman walks along, two cans overhead, and it's just shh all the way down the plane and there's just this chemical spray all over you. Now, have you ever wondered what that is? I have no idea. That toxic mist is disgusting though. I always like put my, cover my face with my clothes. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if it's doing any benefit um, for me to actually try and cover myself up like that because it's so, you know, diffused through the air. But what is that? Okay. So look, it's actually an aerosol insecticide. So I'd always guessed that. I figured it yeah. must be something to kill something, but I didn't know what they were trying to kill. I just thought they were trying to kill me because I can't <laughs> breathe with that stuff. Um, I, I mean, literally I recall in horror I almost have like a what the hell moment. Like I have no choice. I'm sitting in this vacuumed void mm-hmm. and this spraying me with stuff. I don't even spray aerosols in my house to kill a spider, let alone sitting on a plane in, in a space where I can't control, I can't get out of. I feel almost somewhat violated that I haven't had a choice in this matter. Mm-hmm. But as passengers, we also have chosen to take on the agreements of airlines to be able to travel. So it's an awful situation where damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it's a World Health Organization recommendation um, and requirement the flights to and from certain destinations. They need to prevent um, infectious and contagious diseases. So they have to be killing bugs on board. And it could be things like mosquitoes, you know, a malaria-based country traveling to a non, you know, you don't want to be introducing species. I get it. But guess what? Our bodies, we just talked about this the other week with gut health, microbiome. My whole body is a microbiome of good bugs. I don't necessarily want them all stripped off me when I'm about to get you know, off a plane into another place where I need those guys to be looking after me. Um, so look, the insecticide, big recommendation with this one is there's 
two really nasty things in that spray, mm-hmm. um, neither of which we want to be involved with. Um, studies in animals showed acute toxicity in very small doses. Um, it used to be in the stuff they put on ticks on mm-hmm. cats. They stopped doing it because it kills cats. Oh so pretty nasty stuff. Um, the two things are called um, pyrethroids, and yeah. this is the um, phenethrin that's sprayed, and it's at 2%, and the other 2% is um, permethrin, which is a disinfectant. So two nasty chemicals in a spray, in a plane, take yourself a scarf, wrap your face, wrap your head. So I literally will wrap my face, my head, either with the plane blanket and cover myself up, um, or I'll wrap my face in my scarf and pull my hoodie over. Now, seriously look like a terrorist (laughs) when I do that. And I shouldn't say that in regards to plane travel, but I refuse to be chemical bombed in, uh, in a flight. And that's how I avoid that. So I highly recommend you do cover your face. You do avoid breathing it in and you do avoid as much as possible that chemical spray settling on your skin. So cover your skin up, cover your face up, you know, and continue to stay in that space for at least 10 minutes after they've walked past because there's still a lot of particulates in the air Mm -hmm. that are falling, you know. So I'd rather them settle on a blanket than I would on, on my face or my lips, you know, that eventually will get into my system by touch and contact. Yeah, great. And, you know, there's not much we can do about the fact that they're, they're spraying that. So your own preparation that you do before the flight, all your great probiotics and all of that sort of thing will help to really flourish that and colonize that microbiome like we've talked about before. So, you know, your preparation is key. Okay. Um, so once we get there, <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with jet lag? I would love to know what your top tips are. Okay. First full day. Yeah. Full day sun. Yes. At least an hour outside walking. Yeah. So I'm getting a full dose of midday sun. It's a real biological reset. That's how you get your um, your yes. hormone harmony back into balance. So your eyes take in, obviously, photoreceptors. You get that melatonin production. Um, just to try and chemically reset uh, in a way that's going to allow me to settle better. So definitely exercise under full sun. So walking outside, sunglasses off, just trying to get my reset yeah, I do exactly the same thing. Uh, as soon as I possibly can, once I'm off the plane, I'll have shoes off. Doesn't matter how cold it is, feet in the earth on the ground, uh, just to, you know, ground myself. Um, you've been sitting in a big metal object for, you know, hours and hours. I find it really helps just to connect with where I am. Uh, I find it helps with my jet lag as well. And as much time as I physically can in the sun over the next couple of days to reset that circadian rhythm. Um, Dr. Alan Christensen, who wrote the adrenal reset diet talks about this idea of your circadian hygiene. Uh, and this is a lot that ties into that. So really resetting your circadian rhythm. Um, my mum swears by jet ease, which is a homeopathic, um, jet lag preparation. Uh, she thinks it's the best thing ever. I am not sure yet. I'm going to give it a go next time I next time I fly, and I'll let you know what I think. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys as well as to uh, what your secret jet lag uh, tips are. Yeah, and in preparation for that as well, getting off a big flight, um, preferably booking accommodation that has a either a gym access yeah. or a facility nearby that's close that I know I can go to for, for fitness. If it's you know middle of winter um, and snowing down buckets or something, and you land in a place, well, maybe it's not ideal to go for a run. So you need indoor fitness facilities. Um, also, you know, just possibly the idea of renting an apartment, you know, with Airbnb for example, rather mm-hmm. than a hotel. So that way you have your own. Possible kitchenette, um, maybe a space where you can actually move around 
rather than a, a box of a hotel room. Uh, there's a couple of things there. I mean, or you could be the weirdo walking up and down the corridors doing your laps in the hotel. You know, that's also... Doing your lunges and your spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and as we laugh and say a weirdo, but I'd rather be healthy, fit and strong than to, you know, suffer the consequences. So uh, yeah. I'm happy to do that. Look, I... On that front as well, when I land, another strategy to help um, avoid illnesses and, and problems when you're away um, is really never walk bare feet. Mm. Um, wearing thongs yeah. in all spaces because although hotel rooms are cleaned daily between their clients, the deep cleaning processes in major hotels is generally only happens every um quarter so three to four months a year sorry three to four times a year mm-hmm. is the the deep cleaning processes and hotel rooms and you're probably going to gross out when you hear this but there is a high statistic showing that beside beds there is samples of urine on the floor so just that thought in mind makes you go oh my goodness gross um not to mention all the pathogens you can pick up through your feet so you know fungus pests pests and bugs and bacteria and parasites being which i've also had the joy of parasites um you know like i said i've never been sick on travels but i did have the great joy of uh, after a thailand trip um picking up a parasite and not just one i'm sure there was many many millions of them but um the one that i recognized was one in my foot and so you know i literally could see this this worm in the side of my foot and i did do what i thought was the right thing i took any parasitic um medication as recommended I then, when it failed to die, I went to the doctor and got it um, burnt with ice, so, you know, cold, and it didn't die. So I was like, oh, well, you know, no big deal. But clearly carrying things in your body because you've had contact with them and they now you become a host for them, it's never a good thing. There's always going to be a consequence of that. I still feel great, so I didn't do much about it. And 12 months later, um, you know, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was like, seriously, you've got to do something with that. Like, it's travelled all the way up your foot and it's now near your heel. And I'm like, I know. Oh, man, that's so gross. <laughs> it's, it's gross. But it wasn't disfiguring and it was just literally inside my foot. I could see the little red line of this this wormy thing, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, seriously. And I, I did a parasitic cleanse, a proper, you know, thorough detox cleanse designed for parasitic destruction um but what happened in my experience was that um everything died at once i had a major exotoxic um release Mm -hmm. and i was so violently ill because all the parasites in my body died at once um and that's a big risk with you know getting Mm -hmm. parasites you really don't want to get parasites because then when they do die there is um the breakdown of the parasite itself often will produce toxins, you know, in the outer structure of that, that parasite. So very ill, very sick, um, thankfully overcame that. But, you know, this is why we say prevention is better than trying to deal with yes. the outcomes of getting yes. sick or picking up bugs along the way. So, yeah, not doing barefoot, not going to shower barefoot. Mm-hmm. Take your own set of, like, shower thongs. I call, we, my husband and I literally have what we call shower thongs, meaning that it's not our day-to-day thongs because I don't want to walk through, in a, you know, a hotel room that's supposed to be clean with my thongs from outside that I've been walking around, you know, in poo and crap and stuff on the street mm-hmm. all day long and then walking that through the hotel and you know walking it through the bathroom it's shoes off at the door mm-hmm. and then shower thongs on from thereafter and just you know really trying to collect mm-hmm. good hygiene yeah great all right so if you do happen to get into the situation where you do get really unwell uh, when you're away okay let's just for argument's sake say it you've got um you know gastrointestinal upset so you're vomiting you've got diarrhea you've got high fevers all of that sort of thing so what uh, are our tips if that happens um there is certainly uh, a whole host of pharmaceuticals that you could certainly take um but i want you to think a little bit logically about this so if 
you say eat something that's full of bugs that you've never been exposed to, you don't have the immunity to deal with that, um, you, it's coming up both ends and you've, you've got that fever. Are you sick or are you well? So is that your body mounting a very uh, effective immune response to this or are you just really, really sick? I would certainly argue that this is a well body um, and being sensible about this, you can get over it very quickly without having really detrimental effects on your body. So I know there's lots of anti-diarrheal medication. I can't think of what the names are off the top of my head that people take if they have diarrhea in those circumstances. The challenge for me is though that you're actually clogging up what your body's trying to naturally get rid of and although it might be uncomfortable short term the long-term effects of keeping those bugs in your tummy is uh, going to be a bit more detrimental um, fever is part of you know the body's immune system to slow down that um, bacterial spread and where your immune system is actually most effective so as long as it's within you know it's not too high you're not hallucinating you're not delirious try and ride it out rest be gentle with yourself keep up your fluids keep your food really really simple so that your body can focus on healing rather than digesting heavy meals um, and just see if you can write it out of course be sensible about it though yeah within reasons and, yeah. and observing for signs of dehydration risks that involve you know more serious outcomes um you know my husband in Sumatra got very sick mm -hmm. and we did write it out um but it did come to a point where i took one look at him after coming back from you know breakfast and the signs of dehydration were starting to show sunken eyes drawn skin mm -hmm. pale pale fatigue weakness and we'd done everything right so at that point you know i said this is not okay. We need to go and seek medical treatment now. Yeah. And we did go to the hospital at that time because it was so important to realize that after, you know, over so around 48 hour window, we'd done everything we could to let the body do what it needed to do naturally. He ran high fevers, sweated it out, vomited, everything happened. Um, it seemed to be getting better and then it went downhill again. So at that point it was like, right, now we're going to do something. But there was no point being reactive in the first 12 hours because quite simply his body was doing exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. You know, run a fever, remove stuff from the body. It was really smart. It did everything right. Um, but some bugs are more serious than others. So that's really the time when you need to be very sensible about when you seek help. Um, and having a good medical kit of your own that you travel with is a really great way of at least helping to overcome some of the more minor things that happen along the way. Um, you know, always having a well-stocked medical kit, having all your bandages, your disinfectants, mm -hmm. things that are going to help you overcome small cuts, abrasions, stuff like that, that are going to lower your risks of getting further bacterial infections and things that might then send you down the path of going and wasting time in a hospital when you should be out there having fun and enjoying your travels. So, um, yeah, always travel with a, a well-stocked medical kit is um, a big recommendation of mine. It doesn't have to be, you know, the full-on St. John's first aid kit, but it's got to be the key things you think you're going to need uh, as you travel. And I know that many times my travel kit has been the saving grace of what could have been a really sorry end to yeah. a trip because I didn't have what I needed with me I mean traveling Kilimanjaro trekking Kilimanjaro day two horrendous ankle sprain like snap crackle pop like I've never heard I literally thought oh. I'd broken my ankle my traveling companions were just looking going that's the end of that one like we really all had to seriously look at what was going to happen now was I going down while they continued going up yeah. had the right gear with me thank goodness my friend had a netball ankle brace with her the solid rigid sides <laughs> I had my compression bandages I had everything else but it was also that brace it was just another secondary kind of support that saved me and 
look, obviously you're not all going to be qualified with some of the things we have, but I also had acupuncture needles for me, you know, dry needling. So I was literally leg up, needles in, um, trying to overcome the issue as quickly as possible and wow. soldiered on. So that, uh, that sounds really painful. <laughs> yeah, but preparation was the key. You know, had I not had that stuff with me, there is no question I would have to have gone down. There was no way I could have kept going. So be prepared, have what you need with you, you know, make sure you do that checklist beforehand. It's like having the right foods, have the right medical kit with you, do the little tricks and tips, have a little blow up pillow in case, you know, your hotel pillows are just really rubbish and you think, oh, I can't sleep on this pillow. Mm -hmm. At least take something you already have tried before. So your your little inflatable pillow, you know, at least you can sleep on. It's comfortable. Sometimes even a rolled up towel is more comfortable than the pillow. Yeah. Rolled Um, up towel. And if I'm in third world countries, I'll always take a tiny little uh, sleeping bag that compresses down into next to nothing cool because sometimes hotels have bed bugs i want to get a good night's sleep so i just put that if it's if it's ever any question i just stick that on top i'm super comfy and i'm happy um we will certainly post online our essential um little travel kits including what we take in our carry-on bag um and our medical kits as well but let's just do a really quick wrap up so that uh you know just to go over the things that we do that are critical to our travel health so absolutely staying active i have a good workout before i get on the plane moving around on the plane as well and then when you land to yeah downloading a fitness app yeah using the airport as a uh, as a fitness tool so yeah. taking you know the stairs instead of the escalator taking the the walkways instead of the travelators um so that you get some fitness done you know in transit as well yeah perfect have a good good yoga stretch um don't eat plain food ever that's that's my you know line in the sand you yeah. can you can do what you want with that. There's some flights where you can choose just a fruit-only um, platter. You know, look, that's fine. Yep, so little pack lunches. Have some snacks and, uh, and whole foods with you as you go along. Yeah. Uh, prepare your gut. So leading up to the time, it doesn't have to be a six-month regime, but get some really great probiotics and some prebiotics, your fermented foods, all of that sort of thing, just to really colonize so that you're, you know, preparing for good health while you're away. Drink stacks of water. Um, stay hydrated. I love green tea on a plane as well. Um, you can take some green tea bags with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, ginger is great for if you get any motion sickness. Um, so you can take ginger tablets or acupressure brands are great as well. Um, if you are a nervous flyer, rescue remedy or emotional freedom technique or tapping is really good for that. Um, we won't go into that now, but that's a, a really good tool that you can look up. Yeah, avoid your fast foods at the airports. Yeah, absolutely. And set your biological clock as quickly as possible. So get off the plane, first full day you've got, get out midday, get exercising, get active, get moving, choose locations where you do have opportunities to move. So places where, you know, you can be safely outside walking blocks. Um, I mean, some of the cities are amazing because there's a lot of people out there logging some really cool RunKeeper apps and stuff like that. So you can actually check out, you know, a new city by going online, looking at the RunKeeper app and finding out where people are going, what they're doing, what they're seeing. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, So you can get really digital with all of this. And again, that's reducing your weight loads in your bags. Download podcasts. Have lots and lots (laughs) and lots of podcasts stored on your... uh... Take this one with you just in case you forget something. Stored on your app. I've just done a quick little mental checklist. I think I'm up to about 14 or 15 countries, so I've got some catching up to do. Cool, but, cool. Uh, that's, that list will keep growing. That's a lot. Um, look, I didn't touch on this yet, but I really just need to mention it because I'm really passionate about the whole bottled water thing. Don't pollute the countries you go to by consuming a whole lots of bottled water because plastics are such an enormous environmental 
situation uh, globally. I think it's you know going to be the leading cause of marine life death in in the planet. And I'm just so passionate about not adding plastics to the places I go. They're third world as it is most of the time. They don't need to try and get rid of my plastic bottles because I've bought them all the way along the way. Mm-hmm. So take along a water bowl. This is either a really good filtration. I mean, there's a great one called um, Fill to Pure Filters. Um, .com.au. They've got amazing bottles, 99.9%. They remove things like arsenic, chlorine, aluminium, DDT, lead, mercury, copper, chloroform, chromium, PCBs, pesticides. It's a remarkable filter in this bottle, and it literally just looks like a sports bottle, which you can fill up from any tap, river, stream. I'm kidding. You can you can use it anywhere. So, Is it good for antimicrobial as well, yeah, or do you recommend yeah. boiling it before you use that? It removes 9% of fluorides, um, nitrates, nitrites yeah. it's remarkable filter so the new age filters are really crazy do your homework find the right bottles take them with you and just use local where you can because even the bottled water you can't guarantee the safety and purity there's a lot of you know cheeky places where they do refill bottles and you wouldn't have any clothes so check the water bottle seals if you do purchase bottles yeah um, and take a possibly a steri pen uv light you can use a uv light in a bottle to to kill again 99.9 percent so wow, that's i great. travel with a steri pen we traveled all of through our africa trip and we used a steri pen boiled water that was perfect and didn't get sick so awesome. that's another way of um safely you know ensuring that drinking water and hydration is staying up but you're removing lots of nasties out of the water sources as well because i think waterborne pathogens are the number one cause of travel illness yeah absolutely all right so our wonderful listeners we would love to hear what your travel tips are um share them on the facebook page so facebook.com forward slash the wellness women uh or on our website thewellnesswomen.com.au um we would love to know if you've got any pearls of wisdom uh and we can't wait to hear about your travels uh, i'll certainly keep you posted after my india trip as well let you know how it goes <laughs> ash where are you off to next uh next trip will be the baltics so we're oh, heading wow. to uh estonia latvia lithuania so that's pretty exciting because uh, it's a part of the Eastern Europe block that yeah. I haven't been to yet, so can't wait for uh, next year to come around. Beautiful. All right, so until uh, next week, guys, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.